my mom and dad lived a life of partying, hanging out at the bars, that kind of scene. And when they decided to have children, they decided to not let that lifestyle go. Um, instead of taking your kids to parks and fun things like that, they took us to the bars. Um, many places that my dad used to love to take us was the Buckaroo Club, um, Chichacos, which is now the Riley's on Fireweed, and even PJ's, as long as the ladies weren't out. So, one of my dad's favorite places to go was Chilco Charlie's. There was many nights where my mom would say, hey, call your dad for dinner, and we'd dial up 272-1010. Bartender would answer, and dad would be on the phone. I'll be right home, babe. So, needless to say, we knew many bartenders and uh, many familiar faces at Chilco Charlie's. One of my favorites was Larry who always made us anything from virgin daiquiris to Roy Rogers and my favorite, Shirley Temples. Well, there was one day I went in and ordered my favorite and he forgot the cherries. Of course, I was two, so I was super bummed out. And in my two-year-old voice, hollered down the long bar at Coots, which I joke around that I teethed on, and said, Larry, you forgot the cherries. Well, of course, he's a bartender, so he can't hear anything, and said, what? And I said, Larry, you forgot the cherries. He said, what? And I said, no cherries, Larry. And everybody in the bar started cracking up, and it wasn't until I was adult that I understood the double meaning of that joke. Unfortunately, it stuck with him for life. <laughs> so another place that I used to go was uh, in Choco Charlie's was Hog Brothers Cafe. There was this big old southern, wonderful chef there that loved to feed everybody, and he would constantly ask, are you hungry? Of course we were, and he'd wrap like greasy, delicious sausage and Swiss cheese and feed everybody before their meals even came. You were barely hungry by the time your plate came. Well, I did anything and everything to be around Garrett, so I used to beg to go in the kitchen and help out, sweep the floors, wash the dishes. Again, another joke was formed from that, and apparently if you get your kids in the kitchen, it whittles away at your bar tab. So, child labor laws didn't quite exist then. Um, the Fireside Lounge and Hog Brothers was owned by an amazing lady named Nancy, and in the front, there was these wonderful, awesome games that were these big wooden planks with sand and these big pucks. And my sister called them Sandy Puck Games. So we used to try to shoot them down as quick as we could or slam them into each other. When I turned 21, I walked into my first bar as a legal patron to drink, and I was like, oh my God, look, it's the Sandy Puck game. <laughs> and everybody's like, that's a shuffleboard? And I was like, oh, sorry, it just reminds me of my childhood. Even worse looks came my way. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, Great times happened in Anchorage, and another place we went to, not a bar, but was Kumagoro's, downtown Japanese restaurant. Tamaki owned it, let us get away with anything. And my sister and I used to sneak into the bathrooms, pop open the ceiling tiles, and crawl along the metal beams that supported the ceiling. Well, we'd pop open the tiles and listen in to what our parents were saying. We got the dirt. So, needless to say, um, we were eavesdropping to, to its true meaning of sitting on the eaves of a restaurant, listening in on our parents' conversations. Got away with that one. I think Saki helped. Um, another place that we would go was um, the Moose Lodge. Both my parents were members of, and my mom was the first group of women of the moose, which she felt very proud of. And, of course, there was kids' festivals like the Halloween and Christmas festival. 
but we spent a lot more time there than just the family activities. The lady who worked the Rippy Bar's name was Demi, and I was in love with her. She hated me, because I'd always beg to open the Rippies, the pull tabs. There was something about ripping that cardboard slot open that just, I don't know, did something for my five-year-old soul. So to get me to shut up, my mom would push me under the table and just hand me Rippies so that I would keep quiet and keep me busy. I always knew never to throw any away, because if you've had kids, you know that you can't trust a five-year-old with a $500 winner. My mom had to shuffle through them to make sure that I didn't throw any good ones away. One of my all-time favorite places was the fire, or sorry, I already said the fireside, was the Midnight Express. And there was not many fun things to do there except the awesome animal crane machine that I would empty my dad's pocket with. I don't know how many hundreds of dollars I wasted not catching anything, but it was one of my favorite places to go. My dad lost me there one day, and about 30 minutes of everybody searching for the missing four-year-old, Krager, the old bartender who worked with Eddie, who now I work with, surprisingly, um, saw me sitting in the crane machine. (laughs) Crisis averted, four-year-old's in the crane machine, but if anybody has dealt with four-year-olds trying to talk a four-year-old out of a glass case of stuffed animals, (laughs) not gonna happen. About an hour and a half later, the vendor showed up to open it, and my dad never brought me back to the Midnight Express. (laughs) Now I'm an adult, kind of, and I'm a mother, a teacher, and I'm not going to lie, my daughter's in love with Nacho over at Gallo's because he fills bowls full of cherries for her, which I hold dear to my heart. However, she's never going to grow up knowing the Craigers, Eddies, Demi's, Nacho, well, she knows Nacho, I'm sorry again, but all the other wonderful people, including No Cherry Larry. 